sketches of slave life by peter randolph chapters nine ten eleven and twelve this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine severing of family ties at one time mr george harrison employed a vessel to take some of his slaves down the river as he wished to sell them the vessel came and anchored off his farm as an armed fleet would go to make war upon an enemy's country while this vessel was steering off the shore the very waves seemed to speak forth in sorrow and mourning to the dreading slave not one word of warning was given them until the vessel was anchored to receive its living freight husbands were thrust on board leaving their wives behind wives were torn from the arms which should have protected them and hurried into that living grave children were torn shrieking from their parents never to see them more tender maidens were dragged from the manly arms which loved them the ardent lover was scoffingly compelled to break from the entwining arms of his loved one and bid a final adieu to all the world held dear to his heart o oh, ye defenders of slavery tarry here place yourselves here in the situation of these miserable beings pro-slavery men and women for one moment only in imagination stand surrounded by your loved ones and behold them one by one torn from your grasp or you rudely and forcibly carried from them how think you would you bear it would you not rejoice if one voice even were raised in your behalf were your wife the partner of your bosom the mother of your babes thus ruthlessly snatched from you were your beloved children stolen before your eyes would you not think it sufficient cause for a nation's wail yea and a nation's interference what better are you than those poor downtrodden children of humanity with them such scenes are constantly transpiring mothers while fondling your darling babies in your arms and watching with the eye of a mother's affection their little mental dawnings do you ever think of the poor slave mother who with equal affection looks upon her offspring yet with a heart full of agony prays god to take it to himself before the evil day comes when it must be goaded and lashed and then forbidden every consolation of affection oh think of her pray for her toil for her fathers you who stand before your fellow-men and uphold this hellish institution while your blooming daughters are before you look at them and think in your own land are thousands of daughters as lovely as much beloved as yours whose parents cannot protect them whose parents cannot say my daughter beware of the tempter's snare my daughter fly to these arms for protection my daughter pour out your sorrows upon your mother's bosom into her listening ear tell your tale of wrongs she will guide she will comfort you no but they must look tamely on and witness their degradation they must behold them become the spoiler's prey and presume not to utter one word in their behalf why they are slaves the property of free-born american citizens and why should we infringe upon their rights ah oh, father could you see your daughter in such a situation and not cry aloud for vengeance and what better are you than the poor slave whose only sin is that his skin is perhaps one shade darker than yours perhaps not even that young man will you defend slavery will you cast your vote for a slaveholder think before you speak consider well before you act 
could you have that fair young being you one day hoped to call your wife torn from you and publicly sold to the service of a debauchee would you think it too much to call on the laws of the land for redress would you think it asking too much to call out the whole military force of the country to the rescue ah no and would you restrain yourselves and behold the loved forms of your aged parents reeking with their own blood drawn forth by one who calls himself their master indeed no no dungeon deep and loathsome enough for such an one no gibbet too high to swing him on as an example to all his kind and what better are your loved ones than those millions of coloured suffering brothers and sisters ask no more why meddle with slavery as you would receive assistance give it to others the vessel to which i have alluded anchored by harrison's estate was made ready to sail on sunday that all might witness her departure imagination cannot conceive nor language describe those parting scenes when all were on board a dead silence reigned no sound except the harsh voice of the captain as he gave his orders and the coarse jests of the sailors was heard slowly the vessel crept along the shore like some guilty thing trying to hide itself from the light of day then pealed forth upon the sabbath air a cry of woe that rent the heavens and was registered there good-bye my husband farewell my wife good-bye children we must hope to meet in heaven with shouts like these they gazed upon each other as long as the vessel was in sight then indeed all was over gone gone forever or left behind going going farther and farther from the loved ones these were the cruel reflections some returned to their deserted cabins not one loved one to meet some fathers drew around them their little ones bereft of a mother's love wives sat and wept alone children wandered about without parents or any one to love them o oh, men with hearts how can you be unconcerned and careless regarding this curse of your country o oh, my readers i wish you could enter into my feelings or rather that my feelings might enter into your souls on this subject god in his infinite wisdom created the ethiopian race with skins of a darker hue than the european he did so with an all-wise purpose but was that purpose that they might be subjects of every outrage from their fellow-men from generation to generation oh surely not what crime can it be to be born with a dark skin who is responsible the creator alone but who are responsible for the crimes perpetrated against them the slaveholder and his supporters this scene of separation upon the james river where all the tenderest ties of the human heart were sundered was but one among the very many which daily occur go with the poor bereaved ones the next morning as they arise from their disturbed slumbers to commence the day of toil the sight of the master is gall to their wounded spirits they look not upon the overseer except with absolute horror but if they falter they must feel the lash even the little crouching grieving children are forbidden to weep for their dear parents the lash the curse are their only consolations except when they can crawl by themselves and pour out their woes into the sympathizing ear of jesus their great comforter my father was living at the time these slaves of harrison were sold 
he was one of his drivers so he was not sold with them but he had two brothers who were and with a heavy heart he had to witness their departure without daring to say his soul was his own monday he must return to his disgraceful business of whipping his brothers but what could he do he must obey his master or suffer a worse penalty than he could inflict upon others some may say while sitting comfortably among their dear friends we would die before we would be guilty of beating at the command of another our own kinsmen perhaps our own children ah it is easy to suppose and assert what you would do while you are safe but you are not a slave your feelings of generous affection may well take deep root shoot upward and flourish they are never harrowed up by the sight of tortures you are unable to prevent never trodden upon and crushed into the dust you may boast of your manly courage and your willingness to die it may be the poor slave-driver would crave the privilege of dying for his loved ones but would it profit those left behind so long as the lash and a white overseer remained no no hands without a heart might use it there would be no escape many say the slave on the southern plantation is the happiest creature alive they don't know they don't lift the cover they don't see them always i have seen many a white man carry a smiling face to the world when his heart was aching and cankering in wretchedness i have heard a merry laugh from a maniac whose brain had been crazed by mental anguish but i never supposed he was happy and i have told you in another place how these slaves are prepared by rum for company and spectators chapter ten colored drivers the colored overseers are not over the slaves because they wish it but are so placed against their will when they first commence to lash the backs of their fellows they are like soldiers when they first go to the battlefield they dread and fear the contest until they hear the roaring of the cannon and smell the powder and mark the whizzing ball then they rush into the battle forgetful of all human sympathy while in fight so it is with the slave drivers they hear the angry tones of the slaveholder's voice admonishing them that if they refuse to whip they must take it themselves after receiving the instructions of their owners they must forget even their own wives and children and do all they can for master if they do not do this they must receive all that would be given the others in this manner their hearts and consciences are hardened and they become educated to whipping and lose all human feeling this is the way the slaveholders take to hide their own wickedness they say the colored driver is more cruel than the white overseer and use this as an argument against the poor colored man to show how cruelly they would treat each other if they had the power pardon me my readers if i say this is an insult to god since my own experience teaches me better reader when they say that colored drivers are worse than white the question may well be asked why is this is it the fault of the colored people or is it the fault of the white man good sense answers to every thinking mind and says the poor negro is not the greatest transgressor here but the white men are the tyrannical instigators of this wrong i have known many instances where slaves were put to death by the overseers without any notice being taken of it by those who administer the laws 
of course as the word of a black man is not received against a white nothing could be effected even if the murderer were arrested i will give a few cases that came within my own knowledge james lewis was shot down by an overseer and killed dick never was shot down by owen woodcock and killed ham was shot by bishop and killed a woman was shot dead by her overseer hobbs wyatt lee was shot but not killed william painting was shot these my readers are facts which will speak for themselves when the great day of reckoning shall come and those black-hearted sinners will surely be punished for no sinners escape finally if the laws of virginia and other slaveholding states allow them to go unscathed the eternal laws of justice and right will not chapter eleven mental capacity of the slave much is said about the inability of the slaves to learn anything but drudgery that they are fit for nothing else that those who have ever shown any intellectual power are of mixed blood not the pure african this i deny and i will prove that the african is capable of the highest culture as a people how can they be expected to have enlightened minds when they are denied every privilege of learning they never have teachers books are not within their reach surely they would be wonderful beings if amid all their hardships and privations they could show themselves scholars their ideas of god heaven and religion are very simple and childlike but they are the conceptions of their own uninstructed minds the world sees in the person of frederick douglas what the son of ethiopia may become he had no advantages in his youth but now before he is old his fame as an orator has spread over this land extended itself across the atlantic and carried him to the shores of the old world where his eloquence intelligence and worth gained for him and family a name which will adorn the pages of history long after his voice is hushed in death had douglas been educated in youth there is not a statesman on this continent who would have stood above him then there is rev samuel r ward an unmixed african who has made great proficiency in learning his powers as a public speaker are truly captivating and so ably does he write and speak that even his enemies acknowledge him to be a man of uncommon power there is also rev henry highland garnet a son of the same race he is a scholar a gentleman and an orator as all who have seen and heard him admit these men are but few out of many and they prove to the world that the negro is as capable of high intellectual culture as his saxon brother it must be acknowledged by every historian that ethiopia was once the most civilized nation upon earth and that the enlightened nations of the present day are indebted to her for many of the arts of civilization the people of that country were the first to work in brass iron and other metals and were really the first to invent writing for they used hieroglyphics to express words and ideas which no other nation had then done let it not be said then that the negro cannot be educated free the slaves give them equal opportunities with the whites and i warrant you they will not fall short in comparison 
i do protest against this great evil of slavery in this civilized land of america and solemnly appeal to those having authority in behalf of three millions and a half of my suffering brethren who are held by the galling yoke of bondage that this great evil may be done away before the retributions of a god of justice overtake this blackest of sins and scathe the sinner root and branch i appeal to the christian church to lift up its voice that it may be heard from shore to shore in defence of the oppressed i appeal to the men of america everywhere to help this cause i appeal to the women of america that they plead for their suffering sisters toiling and weeping under cruel taskmasters in the sunny south i appeal to little children that they remember in their prayers those little colored brothers and sisters who are robbed of their parents have no homes for their weary little frames no affection to make life lovely to them no one to teach them and guide them to the fountain of all truth i appeal to high heaven to listen to the heart-breaking cries of the captive negro and pray the great jehovah to soften the hard hearts of the many pharaohs that they may let the people go free chapter twelve the blood of the slave the blood of the slave cries unto god from the ground and it calls loudly for vengeance on his adversaries the blood of the slave cries unto god from the rice swamps the blood of the slave cries unto god from the cotton plantations the blood of the slave cries unto god from the tobacco farms the blood of the slave cries unto god from the sugar fields the blood of the slave cries unto god from the cornfields the blood of the slave cries unto god from the whipping post the blood of the slave cries unto god from the auction block the blood of the slave cries unto god from the gallows the blood of the slave cries unto god from the hunting dogs that run down the poor fugitive the blood of men women and babes cries unto god from texas to maine wherever the fugitive slave law reaches the voice of its victims is heard the mighty god the great jehovah speaks to the consciences of men and says let my people go free and the slaveholder answers who is jehovah that i should obey him then the anti-slavery voice is heard calling awake awake and cry aloud against this great evil lift up your voice like a trumpet and show the people their sins and the nation its guilt pray that god may have mercy upon us oh forgive us this great evil the evil of selling whipping and killing men women and children o god of justice give us hearts and consciences to feel the deep sorrow of this great evil that we have so long indulged in lo we have sinned against heaven we have sinned against light against the civilized world we have sinned against that declaration which our fathers put forth to the world all men were created equal o god forgive us this great sin o let this prayer be heard where is thy brother by mrs e l fallen what mean ye that ye bruise and bind my people saith the lord and starve your craving brother's mind who asks to hear my word what mean ye that ye make them toil through long and hopeless years and shed like rain upon your soil their blood and bitter tears what mean ye that ye dare to rend the tender mother's heart brother from sister friend from friend how dare ye bid them part what mean ye when god's bounteous hand to you so much has given that from the slave that tills your land ye keep both earth and heaven 
when at the judgment god shall call where is thy brother say what mean ye to the judge of all to answer on that day end of chapter twelve end of from slave cabin to pulpit and sketches of slave life by peter randolph